This is Pod Academy. I'm Victor Ponsford. We are all familiar with the idea of the tortured genius, and science has begun to prove a link to this age-old belief. Dr James McKay with the Institute of Psychiatry, King's College, London, has found a link between high intelligence and psychiatric disorders. Dr McCabe conducted his research in Sweden, describing it as a paradise for epidemiologists because of the detail in Swedish records, linking a person's health and education records with their social security number. He found that individuals with excellent school performance had a nearly fourfold increased risk of having bipolar disorder compared to those with average grades. Interestingly, students with the poorest grades were also moderately at risk of having the bipolar disorder. What are manic depression, bipolar and schizophrenia and what is the link between the three? Well, manic depression actually is, uh, is, is a kind of old term for bipolar disorder. So they're essentially the same thing. The definition um, of, of the illness has slightly changed over time, but essentially it's the, it's the same thing. Interestingly... There are some people who suffer from what's now called bipolar disorder who actually prefer the term manic depression because they feel that it describes their, their disorder better because it, it emphasises the fact that they suffer from depression for some of the time and for mania for other parts of the time. And presumably bipolar means because if there was a spectrum, they're on polar opposite? That's right. The reason for the term bipolar is to refer to the two poles of the illness. So those are... Mania on the one hand, which is when your mood is very elated and you're often very creative and excited and often people don't need to sleep very much when when they're in that state. They often spend a lot of money. Um, Sometimes they uh, can be aggressive when they're in that state. And then at the other end of the scale is uh, depression. And we all sort of think we know what it, what it feels like to be depressed, but people with bipolar disorder or manic depression have a much more severe form of depression than most of us would be, would be used to, with profound sleep disturbance, with loss of appetite, and they feel they have no energy. Um, occasionally they might even get hallucinations and delusions associated with it. And the sort of third pole, if you like, or the third state, is, is being of a level mood, sort of somewhere in the middle. And so the goal of treatment for bipolar disorder is to try and maximise the amount of time that people spend in that middle range when most people find that they're functioning the best. Okay. And what about the third one, schizophrenia? Schizophrenia, it's a separate disorder from manic depression and bipolar disorder, but it is probably um, genetically related, um, particularly uh, some of the more recent work has shown that there's quite an overlap genetically between the two disorders. And so you can have families where uh, there are some people with bipolar disorder and others with with schizophrenia. Uh, The difference between bipolar and schizophrenia is that bipolar is primarily a mood disorder. Schizophrenia, the person's mood is not usually affected, or if it is, it's not the primary problem. The primary problem with schizophrenia is that the person suffers from delusions, which means that they have fixed false 
beliefs, which are often of a, of a paranoid nature. So people might believe that there are people following them, for example, or people targeting them. Uh, they also often have hallucinations, particularly auditory hallucinations, in other words, hearing voices. The other symptoms that are perhaps less obvious but probably more problematic and disabling for people are the so-called negative symptoms of schizophrenia. And those are a lack of energy, a lack of drive and uh, a withdrawal from social contact. So people with schizophrenia can sometimes be very isolated, spend all of the time indoors, away from other people. How many people suffer from manic depression? The definition, actually, of manic depression has, has, as I said earlier, undergone some changes recently, and particularly in America, there has been a move recently to broaden out the criteria for bipolar disorder thus including more people. But what's traditionally recognised in, in Europe as bipolar disorder um, affects about half a percent to one percent of the population. And how many different types of bipolar exist? The main type of bipolar, the kind of core type, is sometimes called type 1 bipolar disorder. And that's where the episodes of sort of full-blown mania and depression alternating with with some periods of kind of normal mood in between. There's a a newer subtype of bipolar disorder, which is more commonly diagnosed in America, which is called type 2 bipolar disorder. And that is a slightly less severe mood swings and also with a predisposition towards depression. So there's less in the way of, of manic episodes and more in the way of depression. Who does it affect? Who is susceptible to getting depression? Well, the biggest risk factor that we know of by quite a long way is having a family history of bipolar disorder. So that's that's how we know that bipolar disorder is to some extent a genetic disorder. If you have an identical twin who has bipolar disorder, then your chance of developing it is about 50%. Um, if you have a non-identical twin, it goes down to about 10 or 12%. Um, and if you have a brother or sister, again, it's about 10%. So the data has pointed towards both low and high achievers having an increased likelihood of developing manic depressions. What differences are exhibited by each group? And what we found was that the people who were in the top, there were actually two standard deviations above the mean, which means they're in about the top 5% of the population. Those people were about four times more likely to develop bipolar disorder than the people with average grades. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we found that people that were two standard deviations below the mean, in other words, they're in roughly the bottom 5% of the population in their school grades, also had an increased risk of bipolar disorder. Not quite as big, but about a doubling in risk. So this suggests that there are potentially two different mechanisms operating here that are associated with high and low scores. One possibility is that this might reflect the mood state of the children when they were actually taking their exams. So if they had already begun to develop the disorder when they were taking their exams, Mm -hmm. then you might expect that those who were feeling depressed when they took their exams might have scored poorly, while those who were elated might have done very well. When people get full-blown mania, they are often quite distractible and, and find it quite difficult to, to work and, uh, constructively. But when people are in a, a, what we call a hypomanic state, which means that they are 
on the way to becoming a full-blown mania. They are often very creative and often have an ability to concentrate very hard, often don't need very much sleep and and often have access to vocabulary and seem to be very quick and very witty. And so when people are in that state, they can often achieve very very great things and I think that's one of the one of the possibilities for this association that we've found between high, getting high school grades and having um, bipolar disorder. How long can that state last for? The trouble with that state, I mean, it, you might think, well, it would be great if, if people with bipolar disorder could be in that state all the time, and it's probably quite, quite good to be, and of course people enjoy being in that state as well. Um, the trouble is that it does tend to be rather transient, and if, if somebody does go into a hypomanic state, what will often happen is that their mood will carry on getting higher and higher, particularly as they have less and less sleep, that can push their mood higher and higher. And they can then get into a, um, a fully manic state, which, which most people, in retrospect, when they've been in a manic state, they realise that actually it wasn't a very good thing for them because when people are manic, they often, they're often quite reckless, often spend a lot of money. Sometimes they do things that they later regret, like, for example, being more promiscuous than usual. People often take large quantities of drugs and alcohol when they're in that state. People have been known to die of heart attacks and things when they're in that state because they've gone for days without sleep or without, without eating. So it's a difficult balance, really, when you have bipolar disorder to try to, to, try to capitalise on the benefits of being in a, in a, in a hypomanic state where possible, but without going, going too far into, the, into a state of mania. Why is the link so prominent in the creative arts and not the sciences? Well, firstly, I don't think that's necessarily true, um, that, it's not, that there isn't a link in the sciences. There are quite a few examples of people who are very um, accomplished in the sciences who've also had bipolar disorder. I mean, one example would be um, the mathematician John Nash, um, who uh, many people will have heard of because of the film uh, A Beautiful Mind, which was based, in turn was based on a, bi- um, a biography written by Sylvia Nazar. Um, on John Nash's life Um, and he was a a mathematician um, very very gifted uh, was a a full professor by the age of I think 29 Um, and at around that time actually um, started to believe um, for example that he was being given secret messages in the newspapers by aliens um, ultimately, he believed that he was the emperor of Antarctica. Um, so he had he had some some very um, uh, very odd uh, beliefs and um, uh, and and had a had a diagnosis of schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, but but then not manic depression. Uh, no, he, he that's that's true. Actually, he was he he had a diagnosis of schizophrenia rather than manic depression. Um, but there are examples of, of, of scientists with manic depression as well. Why is there a swing in manic depression from elation to misery? And does the creative aspect of artists peak at certain points on this spectrum? That's an interesting question. Um, it's really not very well understood why there is what, what, what underlies these mood swings from mania to depression. Um, at the at the psychological level, it's understandable in some ways because people are often uh, 
when they have had a, a, an episode of mania, they often um, end up in situations or doing things which they later regret. Um, and so when they go into a depression, uh, they're often uh, consumed with feelings of guilt about things that they've done when they were, when they were manic. Um, in terms of what the uh, which mood states are associated with creativity um, as I said earlier I think the um, the hypomanic mood state when people are um, they're kind of on the way on the way to becoming manic but then they don't have full blown mania that's where people are often very creative and uh, um, and, and are able to um, think very quickly and often have kind of leaps of imagination. Um, I think also that when people are very depressed, that can also be a creative impetus. Um, I think perhaps people don't often have the uh, the creative output when they're depressed, but when they uh, but when they when they are creative, they're often drawing on the experiences that they've had when they were depressed and the. Um, the the heightened emotions that they were that they were feeling at that time. So it almost, I mean, a visual representation of what you're describing would be almost like a Rothko painting, with depression at the bottom and mania at the top. But mm-hmm. it, it's interesting how the how the depression is the inspiration, but they can't put it out until they they hit the mania. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, a, a lot of people. With bipolar, do comment that they that they're they're most creative when they are when they're when they're manic. Um, but I think the the depressive phase can probably lead to creativity as well. But it comes out at a different time. Many artists have taken illicit or legal drugs during their depression that have unlocked their creative genius after a prolonged blockage. Is this to some extent creating a synthetic mania? I think that's an interesting question. I mean, one possibility, of course, is that uh, is that people are taking drugs because they're feeling depressed and in an attempt to um, to lift to lift their mood, and, and that it's actually the, the depression that's blocking their that's blocking them, and, and and the drugs are sort of producing an artificial lift from uh, from that depression. In terms of neurobiology. There is some evidence that uh, that dopamine, which is a, a neurotransmitter in the brain, is is associated with creativity. So people who are given drugs which increase their dopamine level, which you can, which people are sometimes given for Parkinson's disease, mm-hmm. can sometimes become very creative. And we know that when people are in a in a manic state, particularly their dopamine systems are are increased and some drugs some illicit drugs stimulate the stimulate dopamine receptors in the brain so there is a, a kind of biological possibility there for a um, for a link related to dopamine many bipolar sufferers have been high achievers pushing the boundaries in their respective fields is there not a danger of limiting their creativity through medication i think that's a very uh, a very good question, and that's uh, that's a question that a lot of people with bipolar disorder struggle with. 
I think ultimately most people with bipolar disorder, if they have it severely, they, they come to a conclusion eventually that they are better off on medication than off because that prevents or, or diminishes the, um, uh, the mood swings, and particularly the, the depressive mood swings. But also severe, severe mania can also be a, um, quite a detrimental mm. mood state, particularly... Um, in the aftermath of, 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 of what in the aftermath after people have perhaps overspent etc but I think there is a danger that of stifling creativity with with uh, with medication and the, I certainly do recall one one person who I used to uh, see in my clinic who had bipolar disorder and was a, a professional violinist and she actually had a very sensible approach to this she if she had a concert coming up she would leave out her medication that day because she felt that when she was on her medication, which was lithium, she wasn't able to play as fluently or as creatively as normal. But she also found that if she didn't take the lithium at all, she would become unwell and therefore not be able to go to the concert. And I was, as her psychiatrist, I was quite happy with with that arrangement because I knew that she was very much in control of her illness and she knew what she was doing. And she And she was able to then profit from the from the creative aspects of the illness but without having to to suffer the full gamut of, of mood swings. That's fantastic. My final question is, what is the implication of your research for people who suffer from bipolar? Well, I think it can possibly be quite a negative thing actually because some people with bipolar have said to me, well, it's all very well finding that there's an association with creativity or being <clears throat> being very bright and, and having bipolar disorder but you know I don't have any of those benefits so how, how is that going to help me mm-hmm. so I've, I've, I've got a lot of sympathy for for that view but I think for other people it it can provide a source of comfort that that their illness has a has a positive aspect and has a plus side I think it can help people to understand their illness better as well in some ways I mean one possibility is that is that the uh, the downsides of the illness I'm t- talking in evolutionary terms the downsides of the illness could be outweighed by or, or could be balanced by the um, by the positive aspects and and so I think some people possibly will take comfort from that and, and I think it also it allows people who haven't perhaps allowed their creative side to, to blossom um, it gives them it gives them that possibility that perhaps well perhaps I should try writing some poetry or picking up a paintbrush or learning an instrument and perhaps I'll be more creative than I thought I was. I, I said that was my final question, but just because <laughs> your final comment got me thinking that there is a bit because there is this link between manic depression and schizophrenia and being a high achiever, which is I imagine similar to um, high functioning autistics who are renowned, again, for being particularly able in certain fields. Do you think as uh, science progresses, we're going to find more links between what used to be considered mental illnesses and and high intelligence? Yes, I think that's that's another very interesting question. Um, Certainly, we are finding more and more links between, between bipolar disorder, schizophrenia and autism in terms of genetics, in terms of risk factors. And so it seems quite possible that there are perhaps many different manifestations of the same underlying 
sort of biological process so that so that you can have similar biological underpinnings for a number of different psychiatric disorders which are basically the symptoms that are that are manifest thank you very much 